had an idea recently that could change the course of Rebel Bread. Partially serious. I want to tell you what that was and what it was like, plus a week of pop-ups, pizza ovens, and a new bakery. This is Zach Martinucci, and you're listening to Against the Grain. There's an Italian expression I love that basically means something came to mind. But note that this is different than something that comes to mind in English, because in English, when something comes to mind, you've usually thought about it before, and you manage to recall it. In the Italian usage of this expression, when something comes to mind, you're thinking about it for the first time, it's a new idea. And the saying literally goes, an idea came in my mind. And yes, it does function as a double entendre in Italian, but they don't see it that way, which is maybe why I find it so funny. Needless to say, I use it to describe pretty overwhelming, powerful ideas. So I'm having a conversation with a mentor, Adam, who facilitates my entrepreneurship class. He suggests that if I want to bake a lot of bread just once for an event, maybe I could ask five friends to each bake a few loaves at home, and then I'd collect them all and sell them together. And I say, well, if I can distribute ready-to-bake loaves of dough that will get the same result as me baking it, then those friends that are willing to bake bread in their home ovens would probably just rather buy ready-to-bake loaves of bread. And an idea came in my mind. Maybe that's the business. B-I-Y, bake-it-yourself loaves. It's not half-baked or take-and-bake. That's a different product and of a different quality. This is dough that's pre-shaped in a basket ready to pop into your own cast-iron pan and bake in your oven. Hear me out, my favorite part of home baking, and I think the most empowering lesson to teach in a bread class, is that once you understand how the process works, you can adapt it to fit your schedule. There are multiple points in the one to three day sourdough process where you can put the whole thing on hold for an hour or two or even overnight. In fact, the version I've developed allows the dough to rest two nights. I like 36 hours before baking. So with that model, If I got you that bread dough on a Saturday morning, for example, you'd have all weekend to bake it at home. All right, that's the idea. Now you have to understand that this first inkling of an idea was proposed over a week ago. I've had time to think about it, process it, distill it down, and tell it to you fairly calmly here. But when I first get an idea like this, it's overwhelming, and I want to tell you what that's like. I'm not sure if it's a me thing, an entrepreneur thing, or maybe something we all experience and just rarely talk about. The last time an idea came in my mind like this, it was the idea to start this podcast. It was my friend Danielle who planted the seed. I mean, she quite literally suggested I start a podcast. And then I felt it start to grow in the back of my brain. I couldn't stop it. I was intrigued and inspired and then scared and confused and not sure where to go next. And eventually, I usually give myself at least three days to acclimate to a new idea. Eventually hopeful and confident that it was the right thing to pursue. And then a little scared again. My friend Karen, who's like a second mom to me, once gave me this book called What Do You Do With An Idea? It's written by Kobe Yamada, illustrated by Mae Besom, and it's like a children's book for adults. Simple story, told just a few lines per page, with full-page illustrations in this big square book. When I had the idea for the podcast, I brought that book to my favorite coffee shop, which I know looked silly when I pulled this children's book out of my backpack, and I read it. It follows this little boy as he gets an idea— which in the book is this golden egg with legs and a gold crown, and like all the feelings I felt, tells the arc of the story of how the idea influences him and what he does about it. I'll catch you up on the book, and I want you to think if this process feels familiar. So he gets an idea, and he doesn't think much of it. 
He tries to walk away from it, but he can't. That idea, the golden egg with legs, it kind of follows him. He worries what other people would think of this idea, and so he tries to hide it, act like it had never shown up in the first place. And then he realizes there was something special about it, magical. It makes him happy. He sees it needs attention and food, and he plays with it. It gets bigger, and they become friends. Now he's got this idea with him, and he's afraid to show people. And he does anyways, and a lot of people laugh at him. So he considers giving up on the idea. Then he realizes, no, this is his idea. He'll do what he wants with it. So he gives it more attention and love and good food and a place to grow. Then it starts teaching him things. I love the line, it showed me to walk on my hands because it said, it is good to have the ability to see things differently. The idea encourages him to think bigger. And one day, something amazing happens. The idea takes flight, bursts into the sky, and it's no longer sitting by his side because now it's not just his idea. The idea is a part of everything. It colors the whole world, and he realizes, going back to the initial question, what you do with an idea is you change the world. I've related so much to that process recently, that story, what happens when this idea comes in your mind, whether or not you want it there, and then you have to decide what to do with it. Having had so many recently, I'm getting better at being less afraid of them and more willing to help them grow and see what they could be. The bake-it-yourself idea is still new. I had those few days of not knowing what to do with it, but also knowing that it wasn't going anywhere, so like in the book, I gave it attention and am trying to help it grow. There are so many questions to work out and so many conversations I've already had with friends. How do we get the loaves to people and can it sit on their doorstep? We'll need some kind of refrigeration or cooler, maybe like a milk delivery. How do we make it foolproof to bake? Well, I actually don't think it needs to be foolproof. Supermarket take and bake bread is foolproof, but Rebel Bake It Yourself bread maybe isn't for everyone. At first, it's probably for people that have an interest in home baking and are willing to learn a little bit about how the process works so they can get good results. So I should probably make an instructional video. And do they have to have the equipment? Some of it's cheap. Every loaf could arrive with cornmeal and a small razor blade and be wrapped in a towel, but the cast iron skillet well, we could sell it with the first loaf for convenience, but now the first loaf would cost like $50 with the skillet. So again, maybe this product is just for a select group of people. And my favorite part of the idea, we could do persona loaves. Let's let people customize their flavors of bread. We mix the dough and then they get to bake it in their oven. No one said that getting bread into the community required the bread to already be baked. It could be Rebel's take on the label, Community Bakery. Now, this idea is still in development, and it would be a big project for me to take on, probably one that would require me to take some attention away from other aspects of the business. So I'm not sure if or maybe how soon I'll be pursuing the BIY bread program. I wanted you to know, however, that it's on my radar, and I wanted you to feel what that process is like of getting this idea and trying to develop it and see after all that if it's actually right for the business. Rebel Bread is built on these golden egg following me around ideas. I've had plenty more that I just haven't talked about and are still plenty significant and all-consuming. Maybe you have them too, and if so, maybe I'm not alone. I hope you're giving your big ideas attention and space to grow and good food. It's a scary, exciting process, and one I think we could all use more of, even just every now and then, as we do our part to slowly change the world. Updates from the week. Two days ago, I had my first trial baking session in a commercial pizza oven. 
I knew going in that the oven was not ideal. I'm looking for a 425 degree-ish hearth or deck oven with steam injection and a vent. What I got was a 575 degree pizza oven with neither of those features. I reached out to some baking mentors in the days before to ask how I could compensate for the differences, and I came prepared with sheet pans for heat protection and hot cast iron skillets to create steam. The bread basically exploded in the oven. They didn't burst open, but the intense heat caused them to expand so fast that they blew up like little round dough balloons, and some of them even ruptured. Even with my makeshift steam situation, there wasn't enough moisture, so the crust came out pale and sad looking, and the outsides cooked really quickly, but the insides were still a little doughy when I pulled them. I posted pictures of them on my Instagram story, and people responded, laughing with me, I hope, and asking if I'm going to fix it. Well, that was just what I posted about, but I have to tell you that the pizza oven bread destruction was just like 45 minutes out of an otherwise incredibly eventful day. Here's what I really did on Friday. I hosted a pop-up at Huckleberry at the Dairy Block. I love the Dairy Block and love hanging out with the baristas there, so it was a fun community to be in for the morning. I appreciate the barista friends that came in even on their day off to check out the bread. I also gifted the Huckleberry team the very first loaf in the All My Friends Are Bread line. Flavors of sourdough inspired by the coolest peeps and places in Denver. For the loving, colorful, and quirky Huck baristas, they got a loaf with sun-dried tomatoes, toasted walnuts, and a balsamic blueberry compote. It was an odd combination, a little like them, and we all really loved it. Now my first customer comes up, tries some bread, she ends up buying a loaf, and asks where we're located. It's a common question, and I've learned to say, nowhere yet, and I explain the pop-ups deal, and do you have anything in mind? She says, yeah, I actually have a small coffee shop, and we've been building a bakery, and realized that we still need a baker and are really set on someone who would do San Francisco bread and education, and I was getting worried, and then I just walked through here this morning, and you're here, and it's all very serendipitous. My business partner, Renee, and I joke that everything this far feels like it was a product of serendipity. And the woman sends me an email and asks me to come look at her bakery space. I'll have that meeting on Monday. I get home. It's like noon, and a new coffee shop owner friend texts me and says, call this guy, and he gives me his number. I say, thank you. Anything in particular I should talk with him about? And he replies, opportunity, smiley face. I call the guy, find out that he has a small space, it's currently a pizzeria, as well as a coffee roasting and catering kitchen, that he wants to pass off to another baker with the vision to build a community bakery. Money is less of an object for them, they're more looking for the right candidate to, I kid you not, this was in our business meeting, carry on the traditions and maintain the integrity of the community. Hi, I'm here. Pick, pick me, please. I'll join your community. I'll work with your artists and your social justice organizations that share the building and the cultural festivals and the neighborhood brewery. That's all I've wanted anyway, and it turns out it's a requirement to apply for this space. He asks me to stop by the kitchen that afternoon to check it out. Just before, I run to the pizzeria, destroy four loaves of bread, and then carry on with my whirlwind day of touring bakeries. That night, around midnight, I get an email from a third venue I had contacted a while back saying that they'd be ready to consider us joining their space. I have no idea what was going on in the universe on Friday, because that was not one, but three leads for a potential bakery space in 12 hours. I couldn't make this up. There are some really cool, unique details I want to share about each of these potential bakeries, but it's also new that I'll ask you to help me respect the privacy of these businesses. 
I'll share more as the story unfolds. I love that the pop-ups I'm doing, more than just as a way to sell bread, feel like an exercise in getting out in the world and letting people see what I'm passionate about. I put effort into social media every week, yet I feel like it's easier to still get better connections in real life. I get to have great conversations with new bread friends, sell a little bread, and slowly it seems like people are noticing what we're doing and want to get involved. And this little golden egg of an idea is getting ready to take flight and become a part of everything. Next week, we're going to wrap this all up, look at what's happened over the last few weeks, and it looks like we're going to get to end on a little cliffhanger. Will any of the bakery spaces work out? Which one will we choose? Happy Sunday to you all, and I look forward to talking to you next week. This track was Turbo Overture by Brazmataz on Free Music Archive.